When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Kules. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gaudia Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. In today's episode, we're going to review the Celta Vigo win over the weekend and get ready for Champions League on Wednesday night against Napoli. Before getting to the episode, just want to talk about our new sponsor, Magic Mind, the world's first productivity drink. If you're looking for a great way to keep your energy steady throughout the day, Magic Mind is a great way to help achieve that. With Magic Mind, you can ditch the third, fourth, maybe even fifth cup of coffee and stay alert and focused throughout the day. A great way to take Magic Mind is in the morning as a part of your routine. As you know, Remy's been taking this and he's been all about it. He said it has helped his productivity and he also says that it tastes great. Now, Magic Mind is full of natural ingredients such as Bacupa Moneri, which is a neurotropic that improves your attention span and your ability to process and learn new information. The Magic Mind team created a super offer for me to share with you, Kules. Go to magicmind.com Barsatalk and get up to 56% off your subscription for the next 10 days with code Barsatalk20. Again, the code is Barsatalk20 and you get 56% off your subscription for the next 10 days. Also, the code works if you want to get 20% off discount on a one-time purchase. Again, the website is magicmind.com slash Barsatalk. Crush your 2024 New Year's resolutions fully focused. The link is in the show notes. All right, let's get into the episode. So Barcelona beat Celta Vigo. They traveled to the northwest in Galicia, Vigo, the home of the best seafood. Uh, my partner in crime, Craig McGuff, joins me. My almost new Madrid brother from another mother. Mm-hmm. How are we doing, Craig? Very good. It's getting very real and very scary. Um, <laughs> as I was telling you before, we have we have a house, which feels like a fairly fundamental thing to do before you move to a new country. So that's pretty exciting. And uh, yeah, life's life's very good, mate. How about you? Yeah, I can't complain. I was just telling you earlier, the weather is starting to turn. This weekend, we had full terrace in Madrid. And you know, before we were recording, I had the balcony door open of my flat. So that's always a good sign that spring is around the corner. Uh, looking right. forward to that. And obviously, we were just talking before about trying to play some football and some paddle before. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. We're going to be uh, accountability brothers there for, for sports. <laughs> so. I think it'll be it'll, it'll be interesting to start analyzing our own performances on these podcasts. <laughs> I, see my, I see myself as a, a bit of a Busquets. The question is, am I 2010 Busquets or 2022 Busquets? I'll leave that to be decided. I'm just going to play defense so there's no expectation. So I'm be like, oh, my God, I was able to defend and just call it a day from there and then start. Oh, to like week week one, to week start to move myself from the back to the front you're going to be like anders christensen <laughs> okay that helps you. <laughs> <laughs> i just know that i'll you know when we start playing these matches you'll see that everyone's like oh yeah i'm a forward forward and everyone's like four forwards and two midfields and one center back you know so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into this. So over the weekend, 
Barcelona beat Celta Vigo, and I mentioned this on Friday. I thought it was, you know, against Celta, it's always a tough place to play mm. with the weather, the, the style. Yago Aspas always seems to have uh, a banner mm. day, you know, against us. Again, he scored another goal, obviously, off a deflection. But, you know, we haven't spoken in a while, uh, especially, mm. you know, we've been busy with, with your move and so forth. But kind of want to get your kind of your opinion on the last couple of weeks of what you've been seeing with the news of Xavi leaving with the performance of the team and has there been enough of a shakeup with Chavi leaving that this team is now more dynamic? No, is the, is the <laughs> quick, easy answer. And, you know, I, I don't think I'm saying anything particularly novel or particularly insightful when I say he seems to be the only man in the world that seems to think there's been a reaction due to him going. Um, and it baffles me really in, in, in multiple parts in the sense of, I don't know what he's trying to achieve, first of all. So it's not only that it's not happening. I also don't know what he thinks would happen. You know, I'm going, therefore, there'll be a reaction. But why? Like, as a professional football player, I don't think it's ever worked that an outgoing manager has somehow then had more influence on a squad of players. It, it doesn't work like that. Or certainly, I've never seen it work like that. But in terms of what we're doing, it's more of the same. It's It's quite turgid. It's reasonably unstructured, or at least it appears to me. And I think this was just another example of where we of, of where we are as a as a club, really, which is natural talent alone will make sure that we're always in and around the at least the European places. Sure. But are we that good? Not really. And so I, I thought it was just another it was another classic example. You know, it's kind of album eleven of the Rolling Stones at this point. It's like I know what I'm getting. It is what it is. People are going to buy it. It'll go to number one for a bit. But really, is it anything to be proud of? That was my take. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think when you take the Liverpool situation with Klopp leaving, that is the manager that deserves to be at the end of the season. You know, they're going to do celebrations. That's the type of idea. But with this idea that Xavi's leaving at the end of the season and to expect some sort of shakeup, I just, like you said, I just don't see it now. I feel like the players don't really care as much in that they know that he's leaving. There's going to be a new manager. We're going to have a turnover again of roster. So who knows who's going to be here, right? And Mm -hmm. like, for example, like I have in my notes here, you know, about Rafinha that I want to hit on. But I think if anything, you know, like we said, it's this, like you said, a great example. You you know what you're getting. It's 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 like Mm -hmm. going to the Stones, right? You know, they're going to play. The, the hits, um, you're going to see Mick Jagger dance a little bit. You're going to see, mm-hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> all that. And I guess from all of this, I think the only bright spot has been Lamini Mall because I think he has been the complete bright spot, which is crazy because he's only 16 and I can't still fathom that. Uh, but, you know, Lamini Mall, five goals, six assists so far in all competitions. And Carlos put a great thing out there that he has had more matches, started more matches than Messi and his first season at Barcelona. And that is a little bit worrying because we are depending so much on Lamine Mall for that attack. He continues to have two eye-opening plays, a match. Now he's starting to get his form and scoring. What's kind of been your overall perception, especially the last couple of weeks, just seeing Lamine Mall just kind of grow into that position even further? There's a phrase, isn't there? And much more educated people than me will get it right, and I'll probably butcher it, but it's like those who don't read history are doomed to repeat it or something along those lines anyway. And it, I just feel kind of sad in a way that we're there again. And I don't want to start off too negative, but we're there again. 
with another player that we're probably going to run into the ground due to the failings of people in the club around them. And so on the one hand, it's amazing to see what he's doing and he's, he's undoubtedly been the, the brightest spot of this season. But we're doing it again. <laughs> and it's never worked. We've regressed Pedri because he now just can't stay yeah. fit. Yeah. I, who knows what Balde comes back like. Correct. And so as much as I'm like, this is fun, I'm also, it's, you know, a, a kind of analogy, Craig, today, but it's kind of like, do you know when you have that seventh pint and you're like, right now, this is the best thing I've ever done. But I know that tomorrow morning, I'm going to regret every milliliter of this. And I feel like that's kind of where we are a little bit, which is we may as well enjoy it because we're kind of rolling the dice on that lad's fitness. We've seen it with Ansu yeah. Fati. We've seen it with Pedri. Yeah. We've seen it with plenty of players over the years. And so I'm still slightly nervous, you know, as as, as well as he's doing, he shouldn't be able, he shouldn't be allowed to be doing this well. He should be rested more. He should have less pressure on his shoulders. And so I kind of feel like it's a success due to the failing of the club. But undoubtedly, the lad's doing really, really, really well. And I think the fan base are actually being very patient with him, which, you know, if we're being self-critical of each other, it doesn't normally happen. Yeah, and I think he's, you know, he, he's getting away with the mistakes that he simply should be allowed to get away with, which is nice. So I feel like he's being held. The fans are holding him to a standard where he needs to be, and the the club are slightly not doing that. So I've got mixed feelings on him, to be honest. The the excitement is just tempered with a bit of fear that it's it's just deja vu again with another gem, and I, and I hope that doesn't sound negative. No, but I mean, those are, I mean, those are definitely words of concern because we have seen the history of it. And the other thing too is, mm. as you mentioned, just the load, if we had a proper fitness staff that watches over this team better, because we've seen so many players have so many muscle issues this year, like I don't have faith in the fitness staff, you know, watching and, and caring for Laminia Mall in a way that is going to benefit him. You know, I feel it's more luck that he hasn't been injured rather than the training and the prevention from FC Barcelona. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, undoubtedly. And, you know, we're managing players at the other end of their career reasonably well. You know, Gundogan's sat out quite a lot of games and um, and stuff like that. And with the best will in the world to him, I kind of don't care if he gets a career-ending injury because he's won pretty much everything there is to win. He's a multi-multi-multi-millionaire that's got nothing to prove anymore and he'll probably retire off into the sunset. Why yeah. don't we manage the people that have still got their entire career ahead of them a little bit better? You know, they both need load management. Why are we just doing it to the ones that theoretically we should care less about? Um, yeah. I mean, I'd like to think we would manage all our players correctly, but as we've seen, that's not happening. So I, I just, I'm just slightly nervous. And then you get, you know, players like uh, like Kubasi and Font and, uh, and Mark Gu, and you think, almost be careful what you wish for because right now do you want to put those fully in the hands of people that can't seem to manage these players you know you look at what pep's done with with some of the youngsters coming through city or the way club Klopp does at liverpool and at spurs where they've got these talents and well, maybe angie's a bad example to be fair because some of that's necessity as well but you know certainly with with Klopp and pep and it's you know who's the kid who's the fullback for city uh Ah, young lad. Can't remember his name. Never mind. It'll be clear. If anyone's listening to it, it'll be clear who he is. I don't want to Google it. Young, young English kid. Anyway, but he, he, you know, he was getting 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. Might play a half, then come off. And no one was doubting that that's because anything other than Pep was just trying to let him learn to be a footballer. 
you know, we're just throwing these kids into a situation that they shouldn't be. And I remember having huge, huge arguments with Troy about this and saying, you know, it's not that it's not that I don't think they're good enough. It's that the pressure's not fair. Like, yeah, there isn't any other workplace in the world that you would ask a child to go and somehow bring success to your multi-million pound business. Like, it's not about ability. It's about future proofing the, the, the success and the health of these lads. And, and so it's kind of, it's very tempered for me at the minute. And, and, and it's hard not to just look and think, can we just get through this? You know, I remember saying at the start of the season, you know, you you asked me one of the questions was, you know, how do I think it'll go this year at Monjuic? And I, I remember saying something along the lines of, I have the feeling it'll be a very forgettable season. Now, I don't think we're going to forget this season in a hurry. But I think the principle is that most of us right now, if you could just, I wonder how many people right now, honestly, if you could just stop the season now and say, right, just everyone finishes where they finish. I'd take it. Yeah, I but also, but also like think, thinking about forgettable, like what is the moment of the season? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's and, how, and how does it not blend into last season? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, 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 I, can't, sure. I can't, you know, there isn't a moment right now where I would say that's the moment. That's the thing that yeah. happened. Maybe the early success with the five nothing wins. Maybe you could point to that, but even that was maybe. not sustainable enough to continue. You know, from that point. Yeah. You yeah. Know? But would so, you? If on. you were offered it, sorry, sorry, just didn't rub you there. If you were offered it now, and someone said, "Right, we'll, we're we're gonna we're gonna COVID season this. We're yeah. just gonna bin it. We're just gonna bin it. Um, we'll just call we'll call it quits. Quit while we're ahead. Um, Madrid, you can have the league. Girona, you can have second. Barca, you'll take third. Xavi will leave. See you all back in June with a new manager. The kids don't have to play any more football. I would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah of course, of course. It's boring. And it's just, we're now in kind of, what's the ROI of keeping playing these kids? Like, it's a strange thing. Like, I've got no idea what I will think if we lose to Napoli. I've got no idea where my mind will be. The season will feel completely pointless. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the thing, right? Because the goal is right now... Is so weird because normally the goal is to you know win the trophy to win the trophy, right? Not mm -hmm. not in this moment right now where it's like we need to stay fourth because of financial reasons. It's not just advance as much as we can for the pride of the club for football. Yeah. It's because financially, like we're such in dire straits, we need to continue, and so that adds yeah. like a different type of pressure where you, it's the you know the, the the team is on like trying to help the club survive through financial stakes mm -hmm. right now on top of trying to win trophies and perform at a high level. So it's, it's double, it's almost as they're a startup, you know, like they have, <laughs> they yeah, have yeah. The, you know, their energy goes directly into the outcome and also the financial uh, valuation of the club almost in mm -hmm. a sense. It's, it's kind of a weird thing. Just really quick, just to give you some numbers. So Messi played 31 yeah. matches, his first season, 25, 17 minutes. This is just in La Liga. Uh, Laminia Mall is at 25 matches, 13, 37 minutes. So he's, Definitely closing in, uh, especially because he's playing more 90-minute games as of late mm -hmm. as well. So my other question to you for for this is, you know, have we have we seen the last of Rafinha as a full stalwart at FC Barcelona? Do you think that the club explores options to sell him, especially with Lamine Yamal's cheaper price tag? Do you think we've kind of seen kind of the last of Rafinha's chances to start going forward? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think if you look at the names that are mentioned, I think whilst the, if you look at Flick and Deservey being seemingly sure. the two the two hottest favourites, I think they're both whilst having slightly different systems from the little I know about Flick, but from what I've seen, um, whilst they're both 
working on different systems, they are reasonably system coaches. And I think you get the best out of Rafinha when he has freedom. And so I think anyone coming in probably looks at him and says, he's one of the assets that you can sell for seemingly a hefty profit. Um, he's never really lit it up, but he's certainly no. never he's never been dreadful, I don't think. He, you know, he's I think he can certainly leave the club with his head held high. I don't think there's any doubt that he's been a success, really, in the grand scheme of things. But I don't think he fits into what I've seen of either manager. So I think probably, I think unlike Dembele, who was counterproductive a lot of the time and then amazing at times, I think what you've seen from Rafinha is a few bits of magic and generally all right. You know, I, I can't think of many times where he's been shocking. But I also don't think if clubs are willing to buy him that you've got that much of an argument for him to stay. Not really. So so I would say so, yeah. I think he's I think he's probably in his own interest to go as well, to be brutally honest. I don't think he ever cements himself as a stalwart here, as you've said. And, you know, if he's got real ambitions to go and, and, and really kick on, I just don't think it's I just don't think it's it's right for him. I think he's been a good signing. Yeah. I think you know no one should have any animosity against him. Quite the opposite. But if I'm if I'm advising him, I go. And if I'm the manager coming in, I probably want him to go. Is my perception. I mean, where, where's where's your mind with him? Yeah, that's the thing is that I don't care really. And the fact that like if he gets sold, I'm okay with that because I understand the business of it. But if he stays, I don't mind either because that's depth. You know, if you're going to say that, let me know. I'm always going to be the starter, and that's kind of where I'm at. I'm very tepid with his performance as a whole, you know, when he starts, I don't, I don't mind. Like you said, he's had some moments there, but at the same time, I just, as you mentioned the system, I think he's hampered by that. He needs more freedom and he's not like a, he's not, I don't want to say he's not disciplined, but it's just in a way he always looks like he's restricted in our system where he can't fully express does, himself and to do that. Does he remind you of the leading question is because mine says clearly yes, but does he remind you of Philippe Coutinho in that sense? Yes. I find them very similar players. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. That's that thing is, you know, in in the Barca system, right? Not only do you have to be technically sound and understand the space and the movement, but if you don't really understand it and you're just struggling and you're trying to, you know, rely solely on your talent, you're going to yeah. find it hard, you know, and that's kind of one of the reasons why Dembele, Coutinho, like these players that you see on other teams where they thrived because they had more flexibility, they had more opportunities to kind of be more impromptu. And again, you know, with Barcelona, with so many stars and the spacing is so crucial to the way we attack and so forth. There are moments where you can't have impromptu. But as you see Lamina Mall, like the way he's always able to be disciplined on that sideline, be an outlet like that goes a long way into the system. And so, you know, just looking at the numbers right now, it's just it's crazy to see the difference uh, between Lamine Mall and Ravinia. You know, Lamine Mall has just been more consistent, and that ultimately yeah. is what's going to get you more playing time in at this level. So, yeah, um, sure. yeah it's, 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 just, it's just weird. But like you said, I think uh, this summer is a good time to cut your losses, get a good hefty sum from a Premier League, like, mm. some, you know, maybe back to Tottenham or, what you know, where – I forget where he came from. But, like, Leeds. I think he – They're not, yeah, so. they're not buying him anytime soon. <laughs> they're not buying him anytime soon. That is true. Um, all right, next question I have for you. What well, – there's been a lot of debate about this in the chat of Jules mm. Kunde, And I told you, you know, through our conversations that last year when I saw him, he was one of the guys that I stood and I was like, wow, I'm so happy he's on our team. He had a yeah. great season last year playing center back most of the time. And I'm really confused about this because, yes, he hasn't been top notch. 
but he's also been playing so much right back this season. I don't understand Chavi's strategy with this. Kunde is definitely not as good right back as he is a center back. But do you think it's that simple that he's just playing more right back? Or do you think there is something to maybe the coaching and also the maybe in the same way, Rafinha, where he's not used to playing right back. He's doing something out of ordinary for him. And so he's restricted and can't fully grasp what is happening. What, what are your kind of thoughts yeah. on Jules Kunde so far? So I, I can't answer it in isolation without bringing the entire defensive issue into it. Yeah. So I want to kind of broaden the question a bit, if that's all right. That's fine. And my, my initial reaction when you asked me was, I kind of immediately went back to what we talked about Rafinha now thinking right now I would listen to offers. Now, obviously you can't do this, but I would listen to offers for every single one of our defenders, every single one of them. I'd include Balde in that every single one of our defenders. I'd be all right. If we sold, including Araujo, including Balde. But then I immediately go, well, hang on. <laughs> That's systemic of a bigger issue. It's, it isn't systemic of a bigger issue. That doesn't even make sense. It highlights <laughs> a bigger issue. Why is that? Because last year we had the best defence in, in La Liga, maybe one of the best defences in Europe. And obviously I know the stats are interesting in the sense of the, the expected goals against isn't a million miles away. We just seem to be conceding more. Some of that's Testegan, some of that's luck, some of that's you know those sure. that hit the post and bounced away last year than, than in. I know it's not quite as simple as that. But to me, you can't take players as good as they are because we, we inherently have a very good um, core of defenders there and all of them be bad. So it has to be something else. So I think Kunde is probably a result of two things, I guess. One is what is happening in terms of where he wants to play. The second one is the system that the defence is playing in general or the situation they find themselves in. So I think you've got to separate those two a little bit. My overriding feeling with Jules Kunde, however, has to be you play where you're told or you don't play. And therefore, if you can't put him in the position that you need him to be in, sell him again he's a saleable asset if he's not setting the world on fire and you have to play him out of position seemingly listen to offers get rid of him i honestly think the time is ripe for a rebuild we we have been significantly lower than this obviously like the idea that this is a crisis is laughable you know it is not dire straits we're sitting a reasonably comfortable third but for all intents and purposes this is a slump for barca we've got no chance of winning anything zero so if you're going to rebuild do it now do it while you're in a still in a reasonable position of strength but at the same time your ceiling is is very high your floor is very close to you and you can you know the only way is up as d ream once famously sang well they didn't but they said something along those lines and the way i look at it is this if he's not happy with playing where we want him to play sell him if he is actually happy and that's just being peddled by the club to make up for poor performances Let's hope the new manager comes and changes it. But I think all of these players have to be viewed through the lens of can we get money for you and are you worth us not taking it? And right now, I think Koundé is one of the players that you take. I think you probably bottle it last minute with Araujo. And I think you're like, yeah, we'll sell him. We'll take 80 million from Bayern. And at last minute, you're like, actually, do you know what? This kid's incredible. Let's not do that. But I think with Koundé, if someone comes in with decent money, I think you snap their hand off right now. So I don't know if that even remotely answered your question, but that's that, that was just a it thought did. dump it of did. where I am with him. Because you 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 brought me into another road, so I'm glad you did. I I would not sell Kunde Orahu because I think finding defensive pairing in that way is the hardest thing to do, comparative to finding wingers and strikers in the free agent market. So I think like Rafinha I would sell. You know anyone else that would I would think to sell is through midfield and and the top line. But with Kunde, I just like for example, if I'm thinking about top defenders in La Liga, would you say he's top five in La Liga? 
Just Not like what, just I, just I, as I, a just as a as a you know take his whole career at FC Barcelona, not just this season, last season. Would you say he's a top five defender in La Liga? No, bar none. No, no, no. And I think you could make a case for him being very lucky to be top five of Barcelona this season. Wow, he's been awful. I understand, but also you know, again, I to me, I just can't take away the image of when I saw him in person and the season he had last season. And to just discredit like that, it's just him completely, but and this, him but playing right it, back, like, you know. And I don't know, like you it. said, I get, I get what you're saying about you know if he's not going to play right back, then sell him. But man, I mean, that's not even his position. Like the the fact that Xavi still wants to go with better, you know, these lineups without using Kunde Rahu, who on paper, you know, and watching film and watching the history, they're the strongest center back pairing, and he continues with his like separate them out i just don't understand that and then has questions about why the defensive isn't consistent like i don't i don't get this i mean i but think this it's... is the question the club have got to answer right is if you're keeping him or if you're selling him to two sides of the same coin fundamentally are you keeping him because of what you think he can be or what he is because if you're keeping him based on what he is this season you're only as good as your last game and all that stuff i think you get rid of him but if the club believes there's a bigger, and this is why, you know, theoretically having a sporting director is key, right? Because you can see beyond the manager. Now we can, that's a completely separate topic for a completely <laughs> separate day. But, you know, bear with me. But that's why you have a sporting director, because you say, actually, we think we're, we think the environment is stopping this, this lad being who he is. If you think that's the case, that's a different chat. But you just have to look at how you're going to use him. And, I, and what I worry about with players whose performance dip is that you end up in a situation that we found ourselves in with some of the older players, Alba and Busquets, as we saw, where we kept them for that little bit too long because I hey, but but when Alba's on it and when Busquets is on it, or I guess to use a very similar example in terms of where they are positionally, you end up with a Harry Maguire, where all of a sudden a reputation sticks and you can't sell them. Now, Koundé's not there, right? I'm not I'm not saying that's where they are, but how many how many games into next season, assuming he stays and assuming the performance level is the same? Does Koundé do an umtiti and all of a sudden the kid is worth a tenth of what you paid for him? But he's not sure, willing I, to take I, a tenth of his I, wages, I, therefore I, you can't get rid of him. So I think I, there I, is a really big question in the summer for the for the infrastructure of the club that says, are Jules Koundé's performances a result of Jules Koundé or are Jules Koundé's performances a result of the situation that he finds himself in? Because clearly right now it's hard to work under this system. And, and I think he's one of the players that you have to look most closely at and say, is it us or is it you? I, I agree with your sentiment with Umtiti. I think that's a good call out. But I also look at the last four years of his career, how it was trending, and this is kind of the outlier uh, more than anything. It's not For like sure. he has. It's not like he has been bad in every single game. It's not like that. It's like every third game. You know, he'll have a mental lapse like here and there. But again, I just call back to the idea that he's playing right back. Like I don't I mean the idea that he should be as good at center back as right back is, is laughable. Now he can have moments where, because his speed can cover up a lot of things, but as we've seen, the back line has been a mess all throughout. It doesn't matter who you put, but to me, I just can't, I just can't look at, you know, I'm just looking at the line and stuff and just saying that Inigo Martinez is a better player than, than Jules Conde at center back. I just can't, that just, my mind can't comprehend. Now, uh, now Inigo no, Martinez is he going to make less mistakes because he knows that his speed can't cover it? Sure, maybe, because he's older, he understands. But the thing is, 
in like again, if we were playing our best roster, I mean, I'm seeing Kunde in there just because of what the history. Now, that's the other thing too is that you know, like you say, that the the sporting director has to look at this situation and say, can whoever the coach comes in, whether that's uh, Rafa Marquez, um, uh, Zerbi, or or Hansi Flick, or whatever. Are they going to be able to bring him back and get him five to ten percent mm-hmm. again? I believe they could. I believe they could. Yeah. I just don't, I think, as we've seen with the coaching tactics of Xavi this year, I just I think there's a lack of improve, player improvement throughout the season. I mean, ha, who would you say is the one player that has really improved under Xavi's tutelage or coaching? Now, you, one would could say like Lamine Mal, but that's also you can say because he's getting more playing time. It's not because he's like coaching mm-hmm. and getting this idea. You know, when I look across the roster, it's not. You know, I would think it's like, oh my God, Gundogan's like, he's 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 in he's inserted like the uh, the Chavi three hundred and sixty protecting the ball thing more often because Chavi's been teaching him. How, no, 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 it's like there's nothing on the board I can say where Chavi's had a magic touch on this coaching. So again, I would definitely keep him uh, for one more season. But again, there there obviously there's a risk that he may have fallen off the cliff. But again, I still think he's going to be starting for France. Yeah, and and you know, don't get me wrong. What I'm hoping comes across is that I'm not saying sell him. I'm saying I know, I know, I know. He, I know he, he is probably in the top three players where you have to have a serious look and say, right, we can't carry another season of him if we can sell him. If what we're getting is this, the t- the window to sell him at a high rate is going to drop dramatically. But exactly as you said, I I don't think a single player is improved under Chavi. I think lots have regressed, and so you have to give players that credit. But I think. I just think Koundé is in a very interesting position right now, whereas I think there's lots of reasons to sell Rafinha and very few to keep him, really. Koundé is a real 50-50 player. Yeah. I think you get 100 Barca fans in a room, I think you're probably yeah, going to yeah, split sure. the room broadly down the middle about what you do with him. And I, th- well, yeah, and, I, and I think that is really, it's really telling on where a lot of those kind of back two-thirds, a lot of where those players are right now, which is most of them you would look at and say, I might get rid of them, you know. And I think it's because they're not playing in any describable system, which means that by and large, most of them look at best lost, at worst, awful. Yeah. No, but that's that's the that's the that's the hard part, right? Like you said, if you mm-hmm. pull a hundred people, you're gonna get a, a, a complete mixed bag of 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 responses from which that. is why so, you kind right. of hope, like I mean, even though sorry, one last thing, even though yeah, yeah. the idea of like not tapping players and managers up to myth, right? We all know this. We all know it goes on forever. It's why you have to hope that the manager is broadly, broadly chosen and that hopefully already those in the frame are being asked to go and start to do some due diligence now because what we can't have is someone joins on June the June the 1st and has to then start going and doing the research on these players. Like, yeah, yeah Koundé yeah. is a player that needs some analysis done. It needs some real metrics and data about what's changed because I don't have it, obviously. Like, and you know, I, I, we're all in a bad situation if I'm the person who's going to make these decisions. But you know, the, the, the data somewhere will tell the story about what's going on there. You know, when you start seeing things like sprints over ten yards, you know, players out of position, stuff like that. Like, there'll there'll be data there that tells us what's going wrong. And for I sure. guess for us, we just have we have to hope that it's that it's you know from the top down, not from him up. Yeah, because when I when I looked at the stats, the stats are very similar. So like from statistical, like fouls, minutes, like this type of thing, it's very similar. It's more about in the moments in our eye test seeing yeah, the lapses, right? It. That's the thing. So mm-hmm. so let's 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 pivot on because we haven't talked about this, but the possible next manager. So, you know, more mm-hmm. and more I, I 
especially from from Madrid and so forth in Spain, there's three that are being talked about the most, and that's Rafa Marquez, uh, yeah. Zerbi, and Hansi Flick. And to me, I think this is like you talked about right now. The sporting director has to have the vision of the future of the club while doing all the things. I think this coaching decision is one of them going to be one of the most important ones because it's going to tell us quite a lot about the direction of the club. If they really want to quote unquote, as they said in the interview, shake things up from old processes. I don't know if you saw that in the mm-hmm. deco interview. Yeah, did you? Yeah, yeah. Because if you really want to shake it up and have a whole thing, I think you have to either go with Zerbi or Hansi Flick, right? That's those are the two options because their formations are four, two, three, one. That's already a huge thing. And also just the way they manage and they're outside people, right? They're not Spanish, Catalan, or anything like this. They don't really have a significant tie-in to Barcelona. Whereas if they choose Marquez to promote him, I mean, to me, I think that's the worst choice right now. And that's going to tell me everything that the club is, is not looking really to shake things up. Yeah, no, I, I think Marquez has got no chance. Um at all. Oh, I don't um, know. <laughs> no, I, I don't I don't. I really, I really, really, really don't. I, I don't really, really I, quick. I I'll give you. I'll give you why I think Marquez is definitely a, a, a runner here because all because of the financials. I think it's easier to replace a Barca B coach and promote Marquez than to pay another high price coach while you're paying out Xavi, all those type of things. That's all I'm. I'm just looking Xavi, financially, right? That, I, that's Xavi's walking away, though, right? Huh? Xavi's walking away, though, right? That is true. That's true. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're talking about if Xavi left now. Yeah. Do I can, can I you know so if you're going kind of in terms of the bookmakers the next manager will be then I think Marquez has a massive gotcha. chance. Do I think the next but you're right will you the manager on there. the first of July be Marquez? No, no chance. You have a, so, you have a right point there. I, I, th- I don't think Marquez will happen. I read something okay. in I was saying to you before we started recording. Um, after a long hiatus, um, I went back into the Pena the Pena London WhatsApp group, and there was just some discussion in there yesterday around foreign investment. Um. And, you know, people were saying that they felt like, you know, we, we may start to see a lot more investment from the Middle East and stuff like that. And I can see that. I can see that coming. I think there will be an element of the morality of the club having to be sacrificed for the financial benefit of aligning ourselves to people that are willing to pay a shitload of money or above above market rate. So I think financially, I don't think we're going to be ruined for a, a long time to the point where you can't get someone good. So I think if you look at someone like Hansi Flick, I don't think I'm going to break the bank for him. There's no penalization clauses we're paying. We're not paying him to get, we're not paying to get him out of somewhere. And sure. I think, you know, I, I think he's, he's still in the realms of someone who's doable. I don't know enough about him to, to make any massive, you know, kind of sweeping analysis of him, but what he is. I, ha- I have, I have, one, is, I have, I have one stat for you. Go on. Eight to Bayern. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it was an absolute hiding. Um, it was, yeah. And, you know, and, He's you, you look at the Palmares and the Palmares <laughs> is up there with the best of them, right? Um, so you know, he's obviously comes with a great reputation. I don't know enough about him to suggest anything beyond that. However, what I would say is if the club are looking at shaking it up, I think Flick is exactly that. Correct. He represents a very different style. I don't think Deserby is. I think Deserby is uh he's a in 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 kind of political terms, he's he's a continuity candidate that the no will lose. He's close I, enough. He's close enough to where we want to be that they can say, "Well, we've looked for the Barcelona way. The best proponent of that right now that's available is him." But no, we want to go somewhere else. I think he's a stooge, man. That you took you took the words right out of my my mouth. I think with Hansi Flick, I think Hansi Flick would create more 
contention in there where he just wouldn't be a fall guy for them, you know, in that kind of way. Like he would definitely question. You, you can't crown him, can you? Yeah, exactly. Whereas Azerbi kind of has the feeling he's moving to Barcelona. Like it's a big move for him. He kind of has to do what yeah, they yeah. say. You know, like I feel like he doesn't want to ruffle any feathers because why would you, right? right? It's a big opportunity. Whereas Hansi Flick has not only coached Bayern, the German national team, like he has nothing to lose. Like he's coming in. He's like, if do you guys want a revolution or you want me to try some, some things, 100%. let me try some things, you know? So, I, I think, you know, in, in, in a sliding doors moment, in a sliding doors moment, the Zerbi and Xavi could be very similar coaches. Yeah. yeah very yeah. similar mannerisms, very similar styles in many ways. Like, so I, I, I think there's nothing that I've read that suggests to me it won't be Hansi Flick. And if the rumors are coming out of him learning Spanish and things like that, you're not doing that unless you're going somewhere. And there's no other big clubs that need a manager. Yeah, yeah. There is only one club in Spain that needs a new coach at that at the top of the tree, unless he decides that you know what Valencia actually can get back again. Sevilla no. actually can get back in. Well, no. he's, not, he's not doing that because why no. would you? No. There's no other. There's there's no viable options. So I think if those are true and there's, there's they've never been rubbished. I think I think it's only one option. I think we're I think we're realistically playing in a pool of one. Yeah, that's a good point. And I and I just think the timing, especially since he's not with a club right now, I think it would make a lot of sense. And I, again, I hope like this is my my hope is that he is the next manager because I I personally think that he's going to be able to get something more out of Lewandowski. I think he's going to be able to tighten up the defense. And I also I also think going forward for the higher end matches that we have, the higher competitions, whether the classical or champions, I think he is tactically going to adapt the team in a, in a better way than Chavez. And even, That's just from my, from just watching what he did with Bayern. Yeah. And even look at that though, right? Look at the biggest, I think it's always telling whenever you look at it, who are the biggest names in the dressing room, which is why I think someone like Setien was an option when we brought him in, because a lot of those, yeah. a lot of the big names were very Spanish centric football players. Um, and Setien had a reputation in Spain for playing great football and being a good guy, basically. And you know, and, and he, he loved the, and he loved the Rondas. He loved, yeah, exactly. You know, he <laughs> was exactly what those players were brought up doing. So, if you look yeah. at the main voices in our dressing room now, you've got Lewandowski, Gundogan, Testegen, and Frankie De Jong. So, you've got yeah. three out of the four that are very much born out of that Bundesliga system. Lewandowski sure. spent what two thirds of his professional career there, or yep. something. Yeah. Very much, very much, you know, as close as you're going to get to a German without being German in terms of the football. So then you've got three out of the four. Then you've also got, if you look at Araujo, the issue with him, you can easily come in as Hansi Flick and say, don't go to Bayern, who are declining. Let mm -hmm. me go and bring what made Brian, made Brian, made <laughs> Bayern great to you, basically. Let me go and replicate what we were doing there. And so I think a lot of the big voices will be receptive to him from that basis, including those that have never worked under him or near him. I think I think he makes sense. My, my worry, and again, this is born out of ignorance, not mm -hmm. out of knowledge. My worry is that I have never, ever found German football interesting. I can't get into it. It's I tried. Do you remember during COVID, they, that was the first league that came back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I tried really hard and I just couldn't get into it. And my nervousness is that the revolution is one of Madrid-esque kind of boringly efficient success. And that's quite cliche. And I hope I'm not being offensive when I say that. But that's how I view German football. Very formulaic, very efficient, tedious to watch. 
But then I also look at where we were at the weekend, and I'm like, I literally fell asleep watching the game. <laughs> so can it be worse? I'm not how about, sure. How about I would also I would also have the caveat injury free because the one thing I do remember from the the flick teams is they they had a proper training staff and the players were a lot of times when we played them, for example, the eight to two. I mean, they had everyone healthy at most. Oh, they run over us exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, I was just curious to get your point. And, and again, I. I really hope they can close the deal on that sooner than later because then that gives, you know, they he starts day one. Like there isn't the, yeah. the window to get I'm not saying now, I'm just saying maybe closer to May. They're like, you know what, Hansi Flick or or Zerby's coming in, let's go. I don't want it to linger on into well, the middle this is of the beauty that's, of the, that's, that's, this is the beauty of Chavi's actions, right? As I said sure, earlier, sure. I don't understand from a football perspective what he's trying to achieve. And the idea of some reaction is nonsensical. But what it does give the club the permission to then do is to go and not have it linger on. And, you know, we don't have to see it played out in the media. There, there's nothing stopping them doing it now, really. And, you know, what's Chavi going to do? Walk away? He can't. Yeah, yeah. He's backed himself into a corner where he's professed his love of the club, which I think is genuine, by the way. That sounded very cynical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mean that. What I mean is he's openly said, I am doing this because I love the club. I will see it through at the end of the season. He then can't throw his toys out the pram and say, well, you've announced someone I'm off. So it's low risk for the club to do it. And I think if you're Laporta... I think you have to do it early to kind of give at least the air of stability because surely he's off on a world tour of sadly, but big states and certainly big businesses saying, give me some money. We're, we're on yeah, our way yeah. back. We're going to come into it. Um, and so I think the other thing that it was playing on my mind is if you're someone like Hansi Flick, you're like, surely it gives you the leverage to try and go and get some decent signings. And so I know we'll be hamstrung to an extent, but it's a big name that you can go and take to somewhere like Saudi Arabia and say, give me some money. Let me sign a marquee player. This lad will make us great again. And so I think for Laporta, it could bring a lot of things together in, in many ways. Um, and it might just hopefully professionalize the club a little bit, if that's even a word. But, you know, to, as you said there, proper recovery, proper load management. There's a lot of things going wrong at the minute. Yeah. And like I said, I the way they approach this this coaching search and stuff will tell us a lot into you know kind of behind the curtains of what's actually happening because mm. they've talked this big game about they have this future in this project that they want to do professional da da da, and if they just turn around and just hire, I'm, I'm just going to say Rafa Marquez, then that to me is not even seeing the thing. But if they go through oh, a so Hansi Flick, for sure. Yeah, 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 I know, yeah. I know. Well, let's let's pivot now really quick and just finish off with uh, Champions League. Champions League is is back on this week. Uh, against Napoli, and we just got the news mm. right now that Napoli just fired their coach <laughs> right mm. before the Champions League. So that that gives us that gives us a chance, as they always say. There's always a chance, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so again, you said earlier, like I I don't know how I feel about this Champions League. I mean, I think we should definitely uh, advance through, especially with the chaos that's happening in Napoli. But man. Maybe they really hate this, their coach, and and they they pine together, and they they come out <laughs> they come out with the mm -hmm. you know Napoli of, of a couple of seasons ago. So I don't know how are you feeling about this match this uh, on Wednesday. Honestly, don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like we're, we're we're just so unpredictable. Um, I could see us over two legs winning this five two. I can see us over two legs getting beat five two. I genuinely don't know what I would say. Someone put it in the chat. It might have been it might have been Carlos potentially. I think him and Victor are having some back and forward about it. If we get through this tie and we get in the top four, if we if we finish third and get through this, I think the season objectively has been successful. Yeah, I feel like I it's the final big it's the final big challenge. 
I think the, the, they can be forgiven for going out beyond this. I don't think you can forgive them for going out at this stage, but you know, going out after this, fair enough, as long as you don't get embarrassed. And and I think we, I think we'll finish top four reasonably comfortably in the grand scheme of things. So it kind of feels like you know, without going full football manager cliche on it, this is this is two finals really because it's the final realistic element of success that we can get. So I'd like to think that it'll be it'll be given the the credence it deserves. I think I I think on balance we probably get through. Um, but it certainly doesn't have me excited to watch it. Yeah. I wouldn't be traveling for it. Let's put it that way. Well, I, I'm definitely excited for it, but just because it's been a while since we've had this type of importance of a match, you know, for Barcelona, mm. if you think about it from last season. So I'm, I'm excited for the match, especially now, right now, it's only two matches a night. So you could, it's mm. most of the people are watching these matches. So it is an important match. My only last concern- Champions League as well, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It goes I mean, bizarre, like next yeah, year. yeah. I, the only thing that that worries me is it's it's away, <laughs> so that yeah. you know, with our track record, uh, and if Napoli scores first, who knows if we just crumble? If we're just like, ah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. let's let's stop by and get some pizza and let's head home. You know, like it's just, <laughs> you know, that that's to me is a concerning thing. I, you can paint ten different scenarios here. I mean, uh, yeah, zero yeah. zero, uh, we lose two nothing, we win two nothing. You know, this type of thing. So. The two legs are going to be very daunting. And on top of that, we play Hitafe this weekend. So when you do oh, move gosh. here, we'll definitely go check out a Hitafe match because those are very cheap. I mean, we won't. <laughs> I'll, I'll happily spend my time doing more things with you, but that's off. That's just off limits. Um, oh, the worst two weekends of the year, man. <laughs> and also, that's a Saturday uh, siesta time kickoff, too. So is it? Per- oh, yeah, 4.15. So let that permeate a little bit. So... Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm 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 just curious to see because you know is Chabi going to say win one for the Gipper? Is he going to be in there? Be like, come on, we just do one for like let's get the champions or you know how are these players? I mean, we saw over the weekend how we struggle. We struggle mightily just to convert and to get goals and even opportunities. You know, even mm-hmm. with eight minutes of injury time, you know, yeah, we yeah, still yeah. <laughs> we still okay. Last thing I want to end on, yeah, yeah, what is the deal with Lewandowski's penalty kick that? infuriates me the the stutter step that he does it like there's no there's no just just hammer it you're Lewandowski like I don't understand what he's trying to do it's like that's something I would do if I they made me step on a La Liga maybe I'd be like okay I'm gonna try to do a stutter step to get the but he's Lewandowski you saw in the first goal the power that he still has and for him to do this little stutter step thing is like it's so amateur hour it drives me crazy that's my, my final battle playing devil advocate so I put in the whatsapp group I don't like the look of them I also think, you know, I'm, I'm from an era of like Stuart Pierce, Dennis Irwin style, pen, Ronald Koeman penalties where you just run and smash it as hard as you Correct. can. But you can't argue with, with players like him, Jorginho, who all do that style. You can't argue with the efficiency of it. And, you know, ultimately what's he doing? He's waiting for the keeper to move. I know, I know, I know. Or, but... or he's so late that the keeper can't move in time. So you can't argue with the efficiency, even though I, it looks awful. I just, I just feel that... You know the goalkeeper is always going to go one side low, so like just pound it. Like you're Lewandowski, that's easy. Yeah, until thing. until he until he goes aside, you're kicking it right because you haven't waited yeah. for, to see where he's going. I mean, we're not gonna, we're not going to do a whole golf driving range thing again. <laughs> but I would say I would say you can't argue with the efficiency. I know, um, I, I get it. I'm just saying from the looks, it, it does I just look rubbish. Yes, I just it. it I can't stand it. It just drives me crazy. It's like, especially, you know, when it gets blocked in the first one and you're doing that dance type of thing, it's just like, it drives me crazy. That's it. Uh, I just, Lewandowski is one of the top 
strikers we've how, seen in the last 12 years and and that type of move like it just drives me crazy yeah how far was the keeper off his line though do you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. Come in and like we used to say that all the time and now you see it and it's like it feels bizarre that he's done yeah, it, yeah, whereas yeah. two years ago that was the norm right have you ever watched back the complete tangent here but have you ever watched back the penalties from uh liverpool milan in istanbul no i haven't Oh, Mate, watch them before you watch okay. them tonight and watch obviously Dudek is the hero. He's like he's almost, <laughs> he's in, the, he's almost in their own 18 yard box when he saves the first one. And you look back now yeah. and you think, wow, yeah, how different would it be? But I think I, I would you know, I would be uh, I would be I would be curious to even see the um the 2006 World Cup final mm. penalties, you know, even mm-hmm. those probably uh, especially like with the amount of movement that was allowed at that time as well, you know, Yay. that's, that's the thing. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I was going to talk about the rest, but we're already like a long time, but anyway, I just, I just was, <laughs> it's it to me, you know, it's so funny because when we don't have time to record an episode, we do a po- post-match report in the Patreon group and it's, mm. we have a section called polemica, right? And sometimes it's a small polemica and I'm so glad we were able to record today because I did not want to do a write-up on the polemica from the weekend because that sh- it was such a nightmare. Like the refs in La Liga are so bad, and it's just not getting any better. That's this is a topic for another day on how we can try to fix this because every match, it's not just Barcelona. It's like any La Liga match you watch, it's just it's like plays just being missed all over the place. And I, Craig's, I mean, Craig's thought of the Craig's thought of the day. It's not the refs; it's the rules. Okay. You can't you, you can't improve the standards of the rules until uh, the standard of the refs until you change the rules. The rules are un, they're not fit for purpose in a, in a modern game. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Completely totally agree. unfit for purpose, yeah. and I think being a referee at the minute is a completely thankless task. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll leave, we'll, we'll end it there. So uh, we will see when we talk in a couple of weeks. Obviously, indeed, we'll see how we'll see how the tide rolls out for Napoli this week. And Craig, thanks again for joining me. We'll talk soon. Always a pleasure. Sports Social Podcast Network.